to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons. News of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story. Funny how one man's excuse to take away our rights and liberties is another man's conspiracy theory. And the shooting out of Boulder, the story coming out of there is no exception to that rule. Yesterday, you can tell whether what the real details of the story are or aren't isn't always that important. I really don't try to focus on that. It's hard to really get the answers anyway right now. But what the details they tell you or make up or whatever always, always play into a an agenda. So the guy has mental health problems. He's from Syria. He's an immigrant. He responds to hate. Trump triggered him. Uh, all of these kind of things that are all themes in the news that make that justify anything from red flag laws to bombing Syria to hating Trump. But there's one little wrinkle that happens all the time in these stories. And I feel like it's it's the clear, clearly lemons and they're the they the big they are masterful at making lemonade out of this particular detail. And it is that when I see something like this or like when the Michigan, was it Michigan? The the governess was supposedly going to be kidnapped or whatever. Like, Oh yeah. By the radical right wingers. Yeah. Hold her hostage. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Wolverines or something, something like that. So anytime I see something like this and and like you can look at that pulse shooting in Florida, but there's tons and tons of them. The first thing I want to see is when was this? How long ago was this guy arrested? Because I feel like the way they they either identify patsies that way or they get you to deal that way. And then what I'm saying is, let's say this. I don't know what it is or not, but let's say there's something fishy going on here. Some of the actors then might have a little bit of fishy backstory, like in the with the governor being uh, uh, plotted to be abducted. Some of those people were, quote, FBI informants, which, of course, means operatives, which could be instigators. Sometimes more than half of them are that. Maybe it's all that and just one one innocent person, one patsy or one like vulnerable person, I should say, not innocent. Yeah. So. So I always think there, there ha- if if there's something fishy here, I want to see some of the star players having had some connection in the past, usually to the FBI, where either they were identified or co-opted. And this case in Boulder is no exa- is no exception to that. And so they're not telling us the details of how this guy was involved with the FBI. He did have an arrest in high school, but that was a local matter. His FBI involvement was apparently that he was associated with someone who was arrested or targeted by the FBI. It could be that a friend of his uh, you know, who knows? Maybe they were drug dealers and one guy turned him in and then he had to play ball. I have absolutely no idea. But what I notice also, in addition to that pattern, is that they will turn around and say, OK, what this means isn't that we 
turned this guy. What this means is anyone who comes to our attention, when we allow them their constitutional rights, they become a menace to society. And we should be able to flag people or monitor people or maybe incarcerate people or disarm people or whatever based purely on suspicion, association, whatever, even if it does not rise to the level of a crime or a conviction or even a charge. And that's how they spin it. And that's what I expect to come out of this. Yeah, I expect something like that as well. And to the point of the possibility of him being kind of made a patsy through the FBI having contact, maybe undercover FBI agents, which we see a lot of this in the court filings in cases where the FBI, quote, thwarts a terrorist attack. There's always the undercover agents. This isn't just like speculation that this is bordering entrapment. There's legal studies, legal analysis about the FBI tactics that present cases of this is about as entrapment as you can get. Of course, there's arguments against it as well, but there's some fishy business that goes on. You know how I think they get around that? They, because uh, I remember the John DeLorean case, he was entrapped and he was like caught on video doing what they accused him of doing. And he still got got exonerated in the courts because it was illegal entrapment. But here's the thing. So they they say, okay, and the same thing. And then like the contra example is Tommy Chong. He went to jail for something he wasn't even accused of doing. That is how powerful threats of extreme incarceration are. So they threatened Tommy Chong. They said, we're going to put your wife and son in jail on like selling these bongs, but we're going to make there. We're going to make a bunch of different charges out of a single act, local, federal, whatever. And we're going to string together like he he sold a box of bongs. I mean, it was a terrible story. Watch the documentary, a.k.a. Tommy Chong, but say it was like 85 bongs and each one is like a year in prison for selling a bong. So like we're going to string it all together. We're going to charge your wife and child and uh, and we're going to if you don't play ball. So I think when they try to string the the they take one act with one purpose and they make it multiple crimes in multiple different levels of the government and they they threaten to make the sentences consecutive and then no one has the nerve to take the chance with a jury so they can do yeah. entrapment entrapment gone wild because they know that nine out of ten times if they do it just right you're not going to fight it yeah, they play off of that human psychology of the fear of the worst consequences where we're going to offer you this deal. We'll give you this deal. It's not just psychology. It's it's like actual math when you're like, OK, there's a one in a hundred chance I'm going to get convicted of this. But if it's a thousand years in prison, then I'm facing 10 years, like even if I'm yeah. innocent. And if it's yeah. a 10 in a hundred chance, if it's a one in 10 chance, then you're facing a hundred years, even if you're innocent. And and you really don't know, because so many times you've seen where a prosecutor, some elected person will lie. Kamala Harris, wasn't she accused of withholding evidence, knowing that innocent yeah. people were in jail? That's politics. So even if you know you have faith in juries, you have faith in yourself. I don't even think juries are permitted to be told that they are allowed to nullify a law that if you if there's a law they don't like and they are trying you, they're the jury for you and you definitely did it, broke the law, but they think the law is unfair. They're allowed to 
put in a not guilty. They are allowed to nullify that law. And they and but your attorney is not allowed to tell them they have that right. So you to take your chances out there can be pretty hairy. So how are they supposed to find that out just by chance that the people you pick on the jury is well versed in how the law works? Is I that... think they need to listen to the propaganda report and legal man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'd heard that so... before. I'd forgotten about it. But I think you had told me that before a while ago. That That's unbelievable that you're not allowed to tell them that. I know. Anyway, there's there's just, you know, there's so much to what they're doing here. Obviously, they're going hard on the guns. I mean, that Kamala Harris like, we're not trying to take away your Second Amendment. We're just trying to institute common sense safety measures. I mean, guns exist. Guns exist. If, if everyone were to if guns were to disappear tomorrow, we'd be in a different world. But the cops have the guns. Criminals have the guns. Terrorists have guns. So, yeah. I mean, there it's just ugh, the old. I get sick story. and tired of hearing common sense gun laws. Common. This is a exploitation of the term common sense. Yes. To it's vague. It's a glittering generality. They can bend it to use it at their will, and it gives the sense of well, everybody knows this. It's universally understood. We shouldn't even be questioning that we should have these gun measures in place already. It's common sense. And here's the thing it is not common sense yes it's not common sense is fight fire with fire common sense is defend yourself common sense is not to disarm the innocent person like they they keep emphasizing about this these people were just going about their business they were just going about their lives it's like right so they should be able to defend themselves innocently walking around trying to be good citizens and get their covid shots it's in it's enraging. I mean, I'm not a big peddler of outrage, but that stuff just enrages me. And you know that they're it, it. I think they're fine with people having handguns. I think they do have a big problem with people having uh, guns that'll interfere. And now there's two things happening. One in Germany, one here. It's COVID related that I think shows where you can start pushing too far. In Germany, Angela Merkel came out yesterday or today, today saying we were going to shut down Germany for five days over Easter to stop the second wave. But we didn't really inform people in an orderly fashion. So we're not going to do that. And my apologies. I don't believe that for a second because I saw just she had said that. And I mean, it wasn't an hour before that uh, I um, thoughtful tweet DM'd me a video, which I did tweet about it was german citizens uh normal looking not nut jobs no viking hats nobody like naked (laughs) in the cold no selfie sticks they were they erected a like um just a pole a pole that was i don't know um 80 meters, something like that. 83 meters is very tall. And they said this represents like every meter represents, I don't know, um, a million Germans, something like that. And then they painted the bottom, a little section on the bottom in white of all the babies born, like something like a million. And then on the top, they painted a little section in black of all the people who died last year. And that was like this looked around the same as the number of babies born. And then there was a thin yellow line up there in that black section of people who died. And it was people who whose death was attributed to COVID. 
like not even verified, could have been with, could have been of, whatever. They're like, look, this is crazy. Just look at it. That is no reason for the harm that you are doing. Like, I think they're getting pissed over there. And I think that's why Miracle backed off. And this goes to the idea of the consent of the governed and which is that Etienne La Boati, the original, wrote the treatise on um, voluntary servitude. And then yesterday, and you just put it on Rockfin free, right? Yeah. We had a video conversation with Etienne de la Boissy Squared, who wrote this book that I've been talking about, um, Government, the Biggest Scam in History, which you can find at government-scam.com. But the book is about visual learners. And it happens to be Etienne de la Boissy was the guy who said, you need the consent of the governed, even if you're a dictator, even if you're a tyranny, you need the consent of the governed or you cannot govern them. I think Gandhi demonstrated that most well, yeah. best. And so this guy, uh, so he makes, makes this book. It's a coffee table book designed to like just wake people up to the true nature of government, zero to 60 through visual stuff, memes. And that was why I he brought to my attention or like my consciousness how effective that German video was. And within one day of my seeing it, Merkel backed down. And I think that's an important thing. And then the other element of, you know, and this ties into the gun conversation because at a certain point, they can't just, you, you might not believe their propaganda anymore. And the, and I think that might be happening. And they were saying, oh, J&J or AstraZeneca or whatever, the, the vaccines are piling up because they're saving them for equitable distribution and only for old people. And it's like, that doesn't sound right. And now I hear that places out here, other places are allowing anybody who wants to get the vaccine to get the vaccine because they really can't even give them away. And I find that to be uh, 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 maybe a turning point. And I kept saying they're trying to get a mad rush to the vaccines because at a certain point, people are going to wake up to it and then it's going to be over. That's why I don't really think there's going to be mandates. Although I do think that the the backdoor fascism is still going to be the biggest pressure point for getting people to vax who would not otherwise do it yeah they're trying a lot of methods to try and get people out to get the vaccine they're trying the bandwagon effect trying to make it seem as though everybody's on board and wants to get it like celebrities and whatnot they're doing celebrity demonstrations getting the shot on television stuff like that we've seen that they're doing the false scarcity we're seeing the false scarcity which you just mentioned and in georgia also today or tomorrow people 16 and up will be open to get the vaccine so you can get the vaccine if you're 16 and up now and you can go to the falcon stadium mercedes-benz stadium where you will be greeted by fema by the national guard and by the department of defense who are running pandemic pods to give out the vaccine so you can go have fema give you a vaccine dude this is that martial law i'm telling you when i landed at jfk they had the national guard checking your paperwork to see if you filled out your COVID form. And then they called me every day while I was there and I had to answer questions. I had to report to them. They called you every day? Yes. And wow. they and the only thing that I would not cooperate is when they asked me my race. Oh, really? So you you didn't give in to that? Did they I wouldn't. Push back and at all? he didn't like it. And I said, I think that we have a history in this country of uh where telling your race 
isn't going to do you any favors in the end. And I'm afraid of being labeled as an undesirable race. That's <laughs> and he a said, okay, fantastic I'll, point. He said, okay, I'll put, a, I'll put down mixed race. <laughs> they, they just try to decide so, but I wasn't. you when you don't answer. I was these not. people conducting these polls. But they're also the Georgia university system is going to be trying to get the vaccine in the arms of the 300,000 Georgia university students, college university students. And they're pushing this false vaccine demand. Everybody wants it. Everybody come out and get it. The golden ticket. Reality, like you said, there's actually sites that are shutting down across the state because there's not enough people coming out. In Albany, they had to shut down a vaccine site because less than 100 appointments a day. In Savannah, they had to shut it down because there's so so few people booked appointments. So they got these vaccines just sitting in freezers somewhere, and yet they're pretending as though everybody on the planet is rushing out to get one. Yeah, well, they're going to have to. I mean, I, I know that they... There are all these things kind of like in some countries, they're seeing a surge. I just read an article in Forbes. Again, thank you. Hat tip to all the listeners who are at thepropreport.com posting great articles in the press pool. I really appreciate that. So one of them was that the there's a surge in COVID cases in by coincidence in the most heavily vaccinated states. So you think that they're going to admit that this vaccine isn't all it's cracked up to be, maybe, or at least propose that possibility? No. They said this is evidence (laughs) that the new strain is is extra strong. And the first case (laughs) of that new strain has been found in Georgia. So you better get out and beat the clock Uh, and get that vaccine, Governor Kemp was telling people during his press conference. And they're also trying the carrots and stick method, the prize method, like we're dogs that need to be trained. Starting April 1st, the Miami Heat are opening up two special sections in their arena for COVID-19 vaccinated fans only. So, Oh, Wow. Yeah, here's how it works. In order to get these vaccines, you better get those vaccine cards out, Heat fans, because to get access to these seats, which are in the premium premium seating sections, you will have to prove that you have been fully vaccinated, meaning that you received full doses of a COVID-19 vaccine. So I guess it doesn't matter which one, just you have to show that you've received full doses at least 14 days ago. So however you have to prove wow. that, I don't know, but... Not only will they get their private premium seating section away from all those dirty, unvaccinated people, they will also be escorted into the arena in a separate entrance away from them, who I'm sure all the unvaccinated people you know, will be escorted in with a hazmat team. You know what that might look like? That might look like real apartheid. Segregation. If they have yeah. openly said black people do not want the vaccine. Yeah. So they're going to have two lines and there is going to be a racial element to it. How long before we have a vaccinated water fountain versus an unvaccinated water fountain? We're getting F those. Yeah. F those MFers. When you're yeah, not those cursing, MFers. it's harder. It's harder to get. That's a great line when when driven to the edge of sanity. But anyway, One more feature of this Miami heat thing is that if you are. Oh, when you're in those sections. You still have to wear a mask, even if you're vaccinated, but you get to sit closer to other people. So there's only (laughs) one seat in between you and your neighbor. You can almost touch them. Wow. So um, I'm sure there are robust studies connecting that policy with with science. (laughs) 
Yes. Science. It's yes. science, Trust you idiot. It's the science. science. So well, somebody sent me, I don't, maybe you saw this. It was um, like an exchange he had with somebody. And it said, I guess he sent our, sh- a, a listener sent our show to somebody who was like jumping out of a seat to get the vaccine. Some show that was particularly helpful in that. And where I think it was where we pointed out that it is authorized because there's an emergency, but it hasn't been approved. So the answer, the person who listened hated it, said, I'm not going to listen to whatever, a couple of lawyers. This makes no sense. I'm going to listen to the science. Okay, I'm going to listen to the science. That's what he said. And then he said, besides, I'm sure the FDA doesn't just authorize anything, even in an emergency. They must have had a reason behind it. I'm like, okay. That's your science? That's your science, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not giving you science. I'm not giving you medical advice. I'm just saying this is a legal distinction because that's a legal entity. The FDA is a legal entity. It is a government entity. Yeah. That is why it should not be messing around in health at all. And it's unconstitutional because it's from the executive branch instead of the legislative branch. There's a lot of things going on here that are the... the uh, the area of a lawyer. But the fact is, it's not science to say, I trust the government. That is not science. We see that so often today where people express the, <laughs> I'm going to follow the science, and then they cite something incredibly yes. unscientific. Totally. Immediately. Totally. Yeah. That was faith-based. I have faith in the FDA because I have faith that they would not say it was authorized if it wasn't. Like, that's what, I mean, you might as well have said, besides, I have faith in the FDA. He has faith that they're following the science, so he doesn't have he to. He has faith that there is science. Good point. Well, for our last big story of the Free 30, which is going to be about the War Advertising Council, by any other name is still propaganda. But before we get to that, I want to tell you about what we're going to talk about in the Patron 15, which is Germany demonstrates the power of the consent of I did that. We did Sorry. That. Yeah, you did. I did that one. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, really but I, I have a lot for the Patron 15, so you'll just... It'll, it'll have to be the most uh, mysterious tease ever. I'm not even giving you a tease for it. Okay, no tease for it. <laughs> Sorry. I will tell you it. about yes. why do smart people think Dr. Oz is an a-hole, and maybe we'll talk about COVID weight gain if we have time. And, of course, a big thanks to our sponsor of today's show, Monica. Oh, yes, True Hemp Science. I am really a true believer in True Hemp Science, I have to say. People love CBD. They love CBD products. They really are effective. We notice with the skincare stuff, with the muscle rub. I mean, this is, there's no messing around here. But people also like the CBD oil, especially in stressful times. Think of all the people who are, uh, take pharmaceuticals and stuff like that just for stress and anxiety. But many people have started to use CBD and the th- especially out here. And the thing about the True Hem Science stuff is these guys really know what they're doing. They've been doing it for a long time. They have the highest quality products. They absolutely know what that means, what it takes. You can check out their website. You can talk to them. They'll have a free consultation with you. But I myself am now a true believer. I uh, I like the CBD uh, number 32. Actually tastes good. Not even doesn't taste bad. It tastes good. 
And I have found like I was worried that it would be habit forming or make you feel high or sluggish. And it has been the absolute opposite. I take at night after dinner. It's like a little bit of a ritual. I've been sleeping great. I've been waking up in a great mood. Uh, I think people will be uh, sad to hear it does not apparently make you high, but it <laughs> is <laughs> high on life. It, uh, yeah, I mean, so whatever, it's each his own. This is California. You can do whatever you want. But that for me, I am a true believer. So I highly recommend check it out. I think it's truehemscience.com slash prop report, if that I recall correct. correctly. Yes. And then you can find there some little goodies, a little a couple of extras for Propaganda Report listeners. I think prop code, is that the code? Yes. You type in prop code on in the uh, checkout to get the uh, propaganda report benefits i also love their t-shirts and i love their lotion smells great i think i've told you a number of times that my friends have stolen it <laughs> and if you guys have not yet check out our free our videos on rockfin rockfin.com where we do video analysis of the globalists themselves plotting to take over the world really they are plotting to take over the world just our <laughs> most recent video that is going to be going up today, tomorrow, and then next week is about narrative warfare and the use of narrative in psychological warfare. The things that these psychological warfare operators say is truly eye-opening. So check that out, rockfin.com slash propaganda report. What you also receive at Rockfin when you sign up with us is you get hours a month of our exclusive analysis of the powers that be in their plots. And you get early release interviews and exclusive videos. Our material our video material has mostly gone exclusive to Rockfin since we get kicked off YouTube almost immediately. You also get access to exclusive Rockfin live streams. And because Rockfin is like YouTube meets Netflix, with your subscription, you get not only access to all of our Rockfin content, you get access to the content produced by all Rockfin content creators, which includes people like Sam Tripoli, Whitney Webb, Jason Burmis, Michael Cernovich, lots of great content on that platform. It's a really cool up and coming platform. So check it out. And today we are offering a special for Rockfin subscribers who are interested in becoming a patron and want some of our patron content. And we are having a special for patron saints. Yeah. So if you want that, if you are a Rockfin subscriber or you're a patron saint and you want to be both, we will make that happen. But you have to message me on Patreon directly. And I do, by the way, respond every single day to every single message I get. So if you are a patron, you do get access to us on a daily basis. But if you're not a patron, you just want to know a little bit more about that joint deal. Uh you just email me at the propaganda report podcast at gmail.com. It is the longest. I think it might have be a record for the longest. We email actually account. had a problem getting signed up for Rockfin yeah. because our email address was too long in the beginning that we couldn't figure out what the problem was, but they eventually figured it out. So it was it's great. like it's like the year 2000 problem. Like they just didn't set up the software for that register. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So check it out. Rockfin.com slash propaganda report. And now on to the final story of the day. So we've seen this giant marketing push, this propaganda campaign that we've kind of been tracking, especially lately, because it is really amping up. The group that is behind that, the primary group that has organized a lot of these companies that is behind this soft fascism that we're seeing spread across the country is the Ad Council. Now, the Ad Council used to have a different name. Are you familiar with what the Ad Council used to be called? I have a hint because of your tease earlier, but I would have never guessed. 
They used to be called the War Advertising Council. They were conceived of, actually, they existed prior to 1941 in another form, because these organizations always change their name, but they were officially conceived of in 1941 at the request of the government because the president wanted them to mobilize the advertising industry in support of the war effort for World War II. And their early campaigns were wildly successful. They came up with a lot of the slogans that, that we used to hear. They have, in fact, the slogan right now, the campaign that they're for the vaccine campaign is called the It's Up to You campaign. So everything we're seeing right now is part of the It's Up to You campaign. And the Wow. Yeah. That's so interesting. Because that goes to my suspicion that they're not going to mandate it. That's a great point. That is what it sounds like. And they are working with all these corporations. The list of corporations they're working with is so long. You just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. NBA, MLB, NFL, ATA, everybody is on this list. And the goal of it, according to their their press release, is to educate millions of Americans about the COVID-19 vaccine with major brands, media companies, community-based organizations, faith leaders, and other trusted messengers being used to extend the reach of the message across all channels of communication with a focus on Black and Hispanic communities. Right. And I think Dean had tweeted me a, was it J-Lo? They were talking about these health and safety standards that companies could adopt and then be certified and then advertise that. And it went right to what I had originally thought right in the beginning. I was like, at some point. So first, they're going to try to close down all the mom and pops by making just the way they had laws that were closing them down. And then they'll have regulations that regulatory barriers to entry where little mom and pops can't compete with Target on having a cleaning staff for the bathroom every time somebody uses it or whatever. Then I thought another layer at that point will be psychological where they make you think that it is not safe if it doesn't have like the Twitter blue check mark. And I thought it would be like a green check mark or they'll have that for environmentalism and maybe have a, a red check mark for health stuff or red cross, you know, for health stuff. But this go all of this stuff goes right in with that. Yeah. And uh and I did I, I this is not 100% related, but you can finish that and then I'll give you a little side. An thing. interesting thing about the Ad Council is that after the war, uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt requested that the Ad Council continue to work, well, at the time the War Advertising Council that they continue to work during peacetime. So on February, in February of 1946, the War Advertising Council officially changed its name back to the Advertising Council and shifted to focus of focus on things such as atomic weapons, world trade and religious tolerance. And they worked with the National Security Council. So it's really interesting how these organizations always seem to shape shift into whatever role they need to be to disconnect what. You know, the feeling that was created previously with their old organization, their old name. So previously a war propaganda agency. I mean, that's what they referred. They even have their own propaganda section and propaganda in the United States on Wikipedia. And, you know, Wikipedia is already biased for them to include the Ad Council as one of the organizations is pretty extraordinary. And I, I have done some research, which I'm going to bring some tomorrow, uh, documenting some of the this effort and some of the history of them. I mean, this is a propaganda organization. They shift their names to mislead the public and they are behind this mass propaganda campaign we're seeing right now. 
It definitely is a substitute for war. There's no question about that in my mind. If there, if you don't understand what I'm talking about, just down look at the PDF for a report from Iron Mountain. But I had noticed just uh, we have some atrocity propaganda surrounding. I think it has to do with COVID or. Um, COVID disobedience. Remember I said the Belarus guy, they, that the IMF or whatever international financial organization, I think it was the IMF, maybe the World Bank said they would give him or his country like a billion dollars, but he had to do the COVID lockdown and he refused to do it. And they had, of course, <laughs> no worse, if not better outcomes, and they would not do the COVID stuff. Well, that's when they started protesting this guy. I think he's been a dictator there for 35 years, something like that, or a president or I don't know what. I really don't know if it's legitimate or not. But I do think the timing of all of a sudden some uh, American sponsored, I'm I'm guessing, YouTuber challenges him and sparks all these youth protests like straight cookie cutter. But I saw some atrocity propaganda coming out of that that I just had to share with you. It, this was the headline. I think I forget what what uh, it was a mainstream media outlet, but it, it said. This was the headline. He caught my underwear. Then he did what he did. And this is a guy saying that he he like basically crawled across the border to Ukraine from Belarus. I have to check the map to see if even that's true. I think it is uh, two hours of, you know, walking in the cold. And he said it was because he was escaping the police. This was uh the guy was a protester and he didn't want to give his name. So this is like basically anonymous. He said uh, they started hitting him. He felt dizzy. It was hard to move. The, the police officer, listen to this weirdness, though. The police officer then threatened to assault Sergei with his baton, asked his colleagues for a condom to sheath the weapon took a knife and cut his underwear. And when he refused, he was trying to get the guy to give him the password to his phone so he could reveal other protesters' names, and he would not give the password. So he was so trying to make him think he was going to probe him with the, the nightstick. Is that and he did. That's what he's saying. Oh, my gosh. He, he's saying that, that, that he raped him with this baton because he wouldn't give him the thing, and that it wasn't even a depraved policeman, but they, but Belarus trains their policemen to do that. What? <laughs> and, you know, I just think it's funny, not funny, but I think it's really horrible and sad, and I really don't know what's going on. If that had been going on before, why did it only come out? You know, it's just like uh, the Houthis in Yemen. Yemen supposedly harbored or trafficked or whatever Osama bin Laden stuff. And the guy, the the regime that was in place during 9-11, which facilitated covering up the information that could have maybe prevented it, that regime was never threatened by the U.S. There were 15 Saudis. Osama was a Saudi. The Osama bin Laden family was rushed out of the U.S. Like everybody who was in on it was completely maintained for as long as possible. But then... When the Houthis chase that regime out of Yemen many years later, then we start bombing the crap out of them. Like, you just have to wonder, what are the standards here? It, it has yeah. nothing to do with human rights or atrocities or anything. They bring this stuff down. It's pure propaganda. And I just it's uh, it is it turned on us as much as it's turned on on the outside world by us. 
And I just, I think, I can't believe people are still falling for it, but obviously they are. Maybe we'll take a page from Germany or people will start knowing anecdotes about folks who are, um, uh, didn't think the vaccine was worth taking. I mean, who knows where the resistance will come from, but I think it, it, it will come, I think in the summer for sure. And I have a big shout out. Yes, sounds like arbitrary standards. One quick thing that reminds me of the Derek Chauvin thing with the police. Well, police officers being trained to use that bad tactic here. Police officers being trained to use this bad tactic shows you that it's often the system that people are turned into slaves to following. That's, that's true. All cops are bad. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying that. That's what. No, I'm say. not saying it either. But that's the meme. All cops yeah. are bad. Like that's the meme. And they, as we know, these things they say they get exported from the U.S. But I think it got pushed down on the U.S. from international power elite anyway. I don't think we're. It's unnatural to us. I think a lot of these movements. So I had a shout out yesterday from Kathy, and I thought she was with. ATL Connector in a little business that they started through their connection with our show. And it wasn't. And I realized it halfway through or after the show, but we decided not to edit because we knew none of them would care, which they don't. <laughs> but they all told me. And so I decided I would move Jackie's shout out up the rung because it clarifies things a bit. So let me tell you what Jackie, who is ATL Connector, what her shout out is. I am giving a shout out to Kat. Not Kathy, Kat. We love conspiracies and making people feel good. Thank you to her for coming up with the design that turned my affirmation line into a reality. I'm excited to be working with her on our new business, youareloved.store. Thank you to Monica and Brad. Without you, this You Are Loved connection would never have happened. And let me tell you, uh, I think we're going to, Jackie's going to, be a sponsor of this show for a while. So I'm waiting when there's a spot opens up, we're going to tell you more about her products, but their products, but it was quite a coincidence. I love their little products to be honest. And the, the affirmation was something that I had last Christmas. Actually, my daughter takes Latin and I went to her Latin teachers to try to see how to say you are loved in Latin. Latin, as they say. And I got a pretty little silver bracelet. I made one for myself. It says charity, humility, and patience. Those are the little reminders I have for myself. And I wanted her to have a little reminder that she is loved, but I thought it would be sweet to have it in Latin because she would know it was directed at her because who the hell else speaks Latin. And uh, so I love that expression. It's a very yeah. important part of uh, I read it's like a Christian thing, Catholic thing, affirmation, deprivation disorder. If you do not feel you are loved, is it virtually impossible for you to love yourself or love others? It will destroy your life. Yeah. So it's I know. I think we both know that. So not personally, but everybody knows somebody in their life who could use a little more affirmation, a little love, a little self-love. And uh, and that spreads it around. So I love the you are loved yeah. affirmation. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Kat Duckness. Thank you, Kathy, all for being gracious and and contributing listeners. Yeah, I love the name, too. All right. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content we were telling you about, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron or rockfin.com slash propaganda report. We will talk to you all on the patron 15 or tomorrow. Have a fantastic rest of your day. <laughs>